My name is Ralph, if you don't know me. I'm one of the pastors here at the Church of Grace and Peace. And I have the honor today of bringing the fifth message in the pastoral series we've been doing on courageous living. And Pastor Jim had mentioned in the very first uh, uh, part of our series that we're going to be running our race as believers this side of heaven, and it will be take on us courageous living to do so, which is so true. I totally agree. If you've been alive on planet Earth long enough, you know you need courageous living. Welcome to planet Earth. Uh, so uh, it's a very important issue in our living courageously. My message today addresses uh, the need of our pledging to persevere. Pledging to persevere. Let's just pray here. Uh, Father God, we welcome Holy Spirit as our teacher today, that I would not be in His way, that His message would come across to the hearts of these fine folks. That, Lord God, we would leave here with the uh, devotion to uh, pledge to persevere as long as we are here in the body physically, that we would persevere to uh, live for you, live for the praise of your glory. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, why do we need to um, pledge to persevere? Why don't we just pledge and we're all done with it? Actually, it's a little more than that. Uh, it's going to require a lifetime of effort on our part. And you have a fill-in-the-blank there, I assume, so those of you who are participating in that. And your first fill-in-the-blank, it says there, to persevere implies there will be opposition to you. To persevere implies there will be opposition to you. And uh, again, if you've been on life on planet Earth long enough, you've seen opposition in your life. If you haven't, I'm amazed. You're an immensely amazing person. But uh, from century to century, there's opposition. Uh, you know, when professional boxers uh, get into the boxing ring, they just don't see what happens. They do have a plan of attack that they want to have if they want to win. And of course, you want to get your opponent to do your plan that you don't do your opponent's plan. So they have a plan. So anyway, uh, professional boxer Mike Tyson had this famous quote one time, of which is amazing. He says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> he speaks from experience. So one thing Mike is telling us here, it implies that there will be opposition to us, to the plans that we make. So we need to persevere in the face of opposition. And all throughout the Bible, uh, there are so many examples of lifetime journeys people have been on and faced it constant opposition. They don't quit, they persevere instead. Uh, in the book of Genesis, Abraham, uh, Jacob, Joseph, all stories of great opposition that they had to face. Moses, his entire lifetime. David, especially, his entire lifetime. Uh, the apostles in the book of Acts, all on lifetime assignments from the Lord, but faced opposition. They got resistance, and they persevered. Of course, the Lord Jesus Christ endured immense resistance from hell, yet he persevered to his mission, which was the cross. His mission was always to go to the cross, and then, of course, have an empty grave. So he is our perfect model for us of perseverance in the face of opposition. That makes a great Bible study sometimes to go through the Gospels and see what Jesus had to endure and how he uh, faced it. So it's an amazing study all in itself. Uh, there was a, a great Christian song artist in the 1970s. Anybody remember Keith Green? Well, it was a few amens, those of us old enough to remember. Uh, Keith Green was a tremendous uh, Christian songwriter and, and um, 
uh, a performer. Anyway, he had this great song once. It was called, I Pledge My Head to Heaven for the Gospel, which is still a personal favorite of mine. Uh, that's a great thing to do. We should be pledging to persevere. It's a good start, but it's still not enough. We need to live out such a pledge. And then you're filling the blanks there that you have on number two here. We need a courageous mindset to continue in our perseverance. When we decide to persevere, how am I going to do this? What's my mindset going to be? In the, Greek, in the Keith Green song, I, I'm not turning back. I'm pledging my head to heaven for the gospel. Uh, so our, our perseverance is still needed. And it, we're, we'll have it until we're in the presence of the Lord. It's a lifetime pursuit. And we're having communion today, so I want to focus our message to dovetail into communion time. Uh, we need to make a decision today, at least a start, a decision today to persevere, uh, to live courageously. It's not a suggestion, it's a really important thing we need to do. In 2 Timothy here, chapter 4, here's the Apostle Paul talking about himself. And he says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is reserved for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only for me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. So here in verse 7 here, it tells us, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Of course, this speaks of perseverance. Here, I have fought the good fight. First of all, fought. You will have to fight. You can't be a mousy. You have to fight. But it's a good fight, number, uh, number two. And that's an odd statement, but a good fight is one that you win. Also, what this means in context here, it's a righteous cause. I fight a righteous cause. I have finished the course. We must finish. We must and I have kept the faith, which talks about at the end, there's that satisfaction. I think that's your uh, memory verse there that you have on your list. Um, I've kept the faith. I remember back in the 1970s, uh, those of you who've been to Smithsville, everyone's been to Smithsville, right? Unless you're listening from a different state, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, with Smithsville, across from it is this old Methodist church from the 1800s. And uh, back in the 70s, I was walking through the graveyard there looking at the gravestones, and there was this one gravestone of a lady. She passed away in her 80s, and they wrote on her gravestone, she kept her faith. Now, first of all, that's a testimony to everyone who would read it. But it talked about she lived a very long life and kept her faith. Uh, obviously, they must be referring here to this scripture from Paul. That's a tremendous statement. That's an honor if somebody could, you could say of someone, they kept their faith. And so Paul here, we also see, uh, he uses sports analogies, uh, which speaks of contests, resistance, not giving up. Apparently, Paul likes sports. I, I'm serious, but he, he uses a lot of sports examples. Uh, like crowns here, there's a lot of ways you can look at that. They're not really diamond things. They're basically reefs that go around your head. There, are, there were crowns, crowns, but reefs. And they were usually have to do with sports contests of the Olympics in those days. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the victor's crown. I don't quite remember. But there was one of them where if you got that crown, you got an income for life from the state. You didn't have to pay taxes for the rest of your life. And when you entered the city, they broke the wall down for you, and you would walk through the wall to show that you've conquered the city. And we think today's athletes get a lot of money. Ah, 
Yeah, so uh, it was a big deal in those days. Sports were a big deal. And obviously, Paul must have liked sports because the people understood these sports examples, obviously. So uh, Paul here, we see he spent his life in courageous living on display for everyone to learn from and model. Whether you realize it or not, people are watching your lives. They're watching how we all handle the pressures of life, and do we handle it courageously? Are we persevering? People are watching you. Hey, more important, your kids are watching you. Your kids are seeing, did you do what you said you would do? When my father, when I was younger, he told me not to smoke, he didn't smoke. His words had a deeper meaning. He told me not to drink, he didn't drink. Not that this was a religious thing for him, he just didn't like either. He didn't drink. And, which was kind of strange, because in the Italian-American home, they have this whole cabinet full of liquor, and nobody ever drinks it. And you go, why do we have a whole cabinet of liquor? Oh, you have to have it. Why? In case somebody comes by. Nobody comes by. No, no joke. I'm so serious, man. My grandparents, this is in the 1980s, they had, or 70s, they had a, a whiskey bottle that said 1952 on the label, still on there. <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, he told me not to drink, and he didn't drink. I couldn't say, no, I see you doing it. Couldn't say that. If you don't know, all teenagers are, have, do have uh, all legal degrees. They've all been to law school, and they've all graduated. And they'll quickly point out to you what you do wrong. Uh, but uh, anybody remember the um, uh, Judy Garland? Don't make me feel old. Julie Garland? Julie Garland had a lot of problems in life. She used to tell her kids, watch me do the opposite. But how we live our lives, hey, man, you're being watched. Newer believers that walk with God are watching you to learn how to walk with God. Hey, real Christianity is monkey see, monkey do, monkey follow after you. People want, come on, you go to a church for the first time, and they stick their hands up in the air. You kind of look at them, kind of go like this, put it down. Okay, okay sorry, I can do that. What are you doing? You're watching. You're watching other people behave, and you're copying their behavior. We're, they're modeling us right? How people pray, how people sing. We're modeling one another. So yeah, it's important. People will learn from us how we live our lives. And if we're persevering for Christ, our lives are on display teaching others to walk with the Lord. More than you think it is. More than you think. That's why when you see horrible things of, uh, of uh, pastors that have, uh, have publicly fallen into sin, you're like, my gosh, what are you doing? This is an absolute disgrace. You are, you are unmodeling what people are supposed to model as a believer. So the Word of God has a lot to, to tell us about the topic of perseverance. Uh, you're filling the blank there, number three. Uh, the Word of God has a lot to say about perseverance. It implies I'm in this for the long run. I'm in for the long run. All of us as believers are not sprinters. We are long-distance runners. We are in this for the long run. The problem is today, especially, uh, we live in a microwave culture we are patient for about a week, and then we complain and give up, whether people are saved or not. They complain and give up real fast. We should be crockpots. We have to be the slow cooker. We're in it till it finally gets accomplished. I'm into crockpots because I did a meal this week. It was really successful. So, yeah, we're in this for the long run. We're in this until we see the final results, which is our in the presence of the Lord and our eventually glorified bodies. So when we speak of pledging to persevere today, we're speaking of a commitment to see this through. We're to never give up. That was the, what was, that was the famous Churchill speech 
during World War II to the British people. I forgot how many he used, but he said, never, 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 never. He just said, quit or give up. We never, 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 never give up. Never. We're in this for the long run. And of course, to live in such a manner as this, it takes a person of courage. It takes a person of courageous intent to pledge, I'm not giving up. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give this up. Too uh, many just talk until they get punched in the mouth. And we see what they're really made of. So consider, you know, for all of us here, uh, we have very little opposition in, in living for Jesus. There are many people today all over the globe who could lose their lives for being believers. They have to do this in secret, or they're being tremendously oppressed. And life is hard for them because they confess the name of Christ. So gosh, if, if this should cost us to the point of death, how committed will we then be? So it's been an issue for centuries. You know, uh, in the first century, but actually the first four centuries, some Roman emperors were favorable to Christianity, most were highly opposed, until Constantine came. And do you realize in the first century, uh, obviously to be a believer could cost you your life. It would not be unusual in the accounts that, are, that exist of elders knocking on your door in the middle of the night and, and you open the door and there's a baby in their hands. Their parents died today. This is your child. And believers wouldn't blink an eye. They would go, we understand. And when they would take that child in to raise them. Amazingly enough, there were people who turned away from Christ. There were people who uh, uh, recanted and did not confess Christ as their Savior and were allowed to live. Guess what? A lot of them came back to the church. How about that for controversy? Because you had people in the church, hey, my husband died for Christ. I don't want these people back in here. And others were like, no, we have to receive them back and forgive them. Big controversy in that day. <laughs> what do you do? Wow, that's a massive controversy. But uh, to living, you know, living for Christ uh, is, is tough. The tough make it, folks. This side of heaven, the tough make it. Uh, and uh, what we see here is that real opposition reveals who we are inside. It reveals the real us. I think that's your fill in the blank there, number four. Opposition, however, does make us stronger. Real character is forged by opposition. What character you have in life, you weren't just taught, you lived through it somewhere. I mean, the really last tough generation we had was the Depression generation of the 1930s. And the young people back in those days ended up being the citizen soldiers of World War II. This is a tough group of people because they were raised with opposition and they succeeded. Those people are gone. Today, people don't know which bathroom to go in. It was like... Uh, Different story, I'm not going there. My gosh. Uh, wow. We have a strange society today. Uh, toughness is needed here to do what's right and persevere. James here in chapter 1 here, uh, verse 12, uh, he tells us here, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man. Well, I, I did a sermon last year on a Wednesday night on what, it, what being blessed means. And there's very few things in life we can do to be blessed. This is one of them. How about that? Persevering under trial 
brings a blessing to us in the Lord. It's amazing. A grace of God comes upon us to persevere under the trials of life and oppositions that come against us and not give up. We are blessed of the Lord. That's an amazing statement. Uh, your next fill in the blank there, number five. I think that's our last one for fill in the blanks. Uh, after a lifetime of persevering, our love for the Lord has been proven and rewards await us. We're in this for the long run. Rewards await us. We're not sprinters. And this is the result of courageous living. The rewards that the Lord would have for us. As it tells us in the Word of God, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what the Lord has prepared for those who love Him. It's beyond our comprehension, but it's going to be something you're going to want. It's going to be something that was worth waiting for in Christ. That's why this side of heaven we live by faith. Because we don't get our five senses tantalized with it. So James here is writing to Christians in, um, in his day who are enduring great persecution for just belonging to Christ, and they were persevering. He was commending them to persevere. This is not a time to give up. Also, we see here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, the pastor at the church of Ephesus, and he's basically telling this pastor, you're going to get opposition in life. Oh, pastors get no opposition at all. Yeah, right. What world do you live in? Uh, here he tells Timothy, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. For as you do, do this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Those things we're taught, we don't leave here in a church. We take them with us and live them out. We need to persevere in what we're taught. We save both ourselves and those that would hear us. How about your own family, your own children, your own grandchildren? What have you been taught in the Lord? We teach to them. It's very important that we persevere in that. Here Paul is telling us that we're supposed to persevere in what we're taught and to teach others in Christ what we're taught. We don't give up. And we are to persevere in how we live for Christ. We need to pay close attention to ourselves. We need to be carefully watching how I live my life, carefully watching that we don't leave the teachings here in, in a church on a Sunday morning, but live them out as we leave. Because actually, some churches have this. We don't have it. We used to actually have a sign back there at the door. Uh, when you leave these doors, you are entering into the mission field. I don't know why we took that sign down, but we had a sign there. Welcome to the mission field or something like that. Yeah, when we leave these doors, we don't just go back to living our lives the way we live. We are entering a mission field of life that we need to persevere in because it ain't nice out there sometimes. So why, why is this also important today to talk about persevering? Because there is a great temptation that comes to all of us as believers to look like the world age we live in, to talk like the world age we live in, to live like the world age we live in. This world age is devilish, and we are called to persevere in godliness amongst them, not to conform to this world age. Paul tells us that we are not to conform to this world age. Yes, easier said than done. Why? Because it takes courage not to conform to this world age. It takes courage, it takes courage to persevere. Because as you don't conform to this world age, it will cost you something. Yes, it costs you something in this life to walk with Christ. 
but the blessings are worth it. Far more than we could ever comprehend, the blessings are worth it. So I believe uh, there are more temptations facing the body of Christ today than at any time in human history, any time in Christian history uh, of what has happened in, in ages past. It is insane out there today. That perseverance uh, doesn't, to, not to conform to these temptations that do not please the Lord. So to persevere today, it takes an effort on our part to push back, to push these things out of my mind, not to subject myself to them. My gosh, it's so hard even to turn on a TV today with what we're being bombarded with constantly. So we speak here today of the concept of pledging to persevere. We need to always remember that this speaks to our destiny. It speaks of our destiny. This requires courage on our part. You and I have a destiny to discover. I don't care how young you are or how old you are, you have a destiny to discover. And when you discover it, you walk out your destiny. And it won't just happen to the casual. It will happen to those who are pledged to walk it out. Doesn't, doesn't matter how old you are. I was telling the people in the first service, I knew this brother in the Lord. Whatever ministry he had started when he turned 65. He was a biology teacher all his life. He retired from school. But he was known for prayer intercession. He became in worldwide, worldwide demand to teach on prayer intercession. He, done it, he did it from his 60s to his early 80s till he went home to be with the Lord. That's not easy. He used to have to take naps in between teachings. He was an old guy. Oh, you're teaching today at 10. They're teaching at 1. Is there 30 minutes I could have? A... <laughs> he didn't sleep. He's like, how did this happen at age 65? Oh, well, you're never too young. You're never too old. And uh, his destiny started <laughs> much older in life. Um, our destiny means everything to us. It's why we have the potential God gave us. You need to discover that. It's very personal for you. I can't do your destiny, and you can't do mine. You need to discover what this is. Uh, I, I told the story before. There was a Bible teacher, a uh, well-known pastor. He was from the Caribbean. He's gotten home to be with the Lord uh, many years ago. He was in a car driving. And uh, actually, he was, in, he was in the passenger seat. Somebody was driving. And they're driving past a church. I think it was in the Caribbean. And that church had a large graveyard attached to it. It had obviously been there a long time. And he looked at the graveyard. And also the Lord spoke to him. What do you see? I see a graveyard. I see dead people. <laughs> and the Lord said to him, that's not what I see. I see people who took the potential I gave them to the grave. I gave them potential, and they did nothing with it. Very few did anything with it. They brought it to the grave. He ended up writing a book on potential. <laughs> but that's how that book started, because of what he saw and how that affected him so greatly. We have potential. What have we done with it? Have you discovered yours? Have, for some people, maybe um, it's to bring people to Christ. For maybe for others, it's to teach the believer, the new believer. For maybe others, it's to uh, bring healing to the hurting. Some people have a lifelong call for prayer. They are prayer intercessors. But all of the potential that we have, that we carry out, is to show the love of Christ to this generation that we live in. Because you're only responsible for your generation. Can't be for ones before it or after it. Only for yours. What will we do in the generation we live in? Matters know how young you are, how old you are. What will you do? Because the evil one is after your potential. 
He wants you to waste it. He wants you to bring it to the grave, that you would not persevere in it. The evil one does not want us to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. It'll give you a thousand excuses why other things are important. But yet he can't stop us. He can't stop those that are taking this seriously. And if they're not taking it seriously, then they're in love with this world age. See, the enemy wants us to waste our time. He wants us to have competing things in our lives that waste our time. Pursue things that have no eternal value or meaning and let that be our focus. He wants us to be ineffective for God in our day. Please make him miserable. Don't do that. Find the potential God gave you. It'll be gas in your gas tank. It'll, make you, it'll push your go button and give you purpose in life. We need purpose. Our potential brings us that. So why do we want to pledge today to persevere? It's kind of where I'm going here. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste the potential God gave me. I want to finish my race well. I hope that would be all our desires today. Or maybe that's something brand new to you as a thought. Another way to say pledging uh, or to persevere is to consecrate ourselves to him. That's a very important issue. Consecration is an act of our free will. It's where we're pledging ourselves to Jesus and the gospel, as the Keith Green song was, uh, knowing that the Holy Spirit will help us carry this out, not in our strength, but in the strength he gives us. Could Pastor James come up here, please? Um, I asked Pastor James here uh, to do a special song for us. Uh, consecration is really important. It's something you should do at least once a year, I think, uh, where you personally are, have, have looked at yourself, taken stock of yourself, and said, I'm receiving the potential God gave me. I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to persevere. I'm not giving up. I don't care what's coming against me. I'm not stopping. I'm going to persevere. If nobody else wants to walk with me, I'll walk with the Lord for myself. I'm not stopping. Other people are not my standard. They're not my goal in life. I love them. I forgive them. I want to help advance them. But you ain't running, running my life. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm persevering. It's a personal decision we all have to make. I'm sure the enemy will make sure he puts people in your life so you don't persevere. Hey, it's important. That's where I'm going with this message today as we receive communion today. Um, I want us to pledge our lives to the Lord, uh, that we would live courageously here as a people on purpose, uh, for you to consecrate yourself to the Lord as an act of your personal declaration. This is between you and the Lord. So if, I, if you have your communions with you, yes? Why don't you come to the altar here right now? He's asking me to get up. Yes. Why don't you come to the altar right now? Just bring your communions to the altar. You don't have to, but I would really encourage you, please bring your communions to the altar today because I think we can have a special time right now. Um, and, and, you know, if there's folks here today as you're coming, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior to invite him in, this is the time to do it. It's the most important decision of a lifetime. Don't live a wasted life that doesn't know Christ. He'll give you potential that you never saw possible. Just come to the altar. It's a time to do this today. So I want Pastor James to sing us that Keith Green song and let his words here today speak a consecration for you in your hearts as you would agree with them. Pastor James, bless us. Will I pledge my head to heaven for the gospel? 
And I ask no man on earth to fill my need. Like the sparrow up above, I am enveloped in his love. And I trust him like those little ones he feeds. Will I pledge my wife to heaven for the gospel? Though our love each passing day just seems to grow. On that day she became my wife, we promise for all our life to love first of all the one who saved our soul. I'm your child, and I want to be in your family forever. I'm your child. I'm going to follow you no matter whatever the cost. Well, I'm going to count all things lost. Will I pledge my girl to heaven for the gospel? Though she's persecuted, ridiculed, and scorned, I will teach her to rejoice and lift a thankful, praising voice and to be like him who bore the nails and crown of thorns. I'm your child, and I want to be in your family forever. I'm your child. I'm going to follow you no matter whatever the cost. Well, I'm going to count all things lost no matter whatever the cost. Well, I'm going to count all things lost. Well, I've had the chance to gain the world and to live just like a king. But without your love, it doesn't mean a thing. Cause I'm your child. I want to be in your family forever. I'm your child. I'm going to follow you no matter whatever the cost. Well, I'm going to count all things lost no matter whatever the cost. I'm going to count all things lost. Will I pledge my all? I pledge my life. I pledge my head to heaven. I pledge my all, I pledge my life, I pledge my head to heaven for the gospel. Thank you, Pastor James. Yeah, today in our hearts, we want to have a pledging in our hearts to the gospel, a pledging to persevere. In communion here, we're pledging to remember our Lord's death and resurrection. In communion, aren't we pledging to persevere? Well, let's receive our communion today <clears throat> with that decision in our hearts. We are pledging, Lord, to persevere, to live courageously as you give us the grace to do so.
Let's just partake today. Before I close in prayer, um, there are folks here that had never asked Christ into their heart before to be their Savior. You did today. Uh, we'll have people offering prayer at the altar here afterwards. Please talk to them. They would sure like to hear about your decision and share some truth with you. Lord God, we come before you today, and we come here and asking you to give us a courageous mindset in these days ahead to continue and persevere. Lord, truly the plans that you have for us are for good, for a hope and a future as your word tells us. That we, Lord God, in our days would uh, walk out the potential that you've given us, producing fruit in the kingdom of God, not being ashamed, but having completed the task and finishing the race and knowing that um, we've kept the faith. Father God, give us that grace today in these days ahead to meet it with courage, no matter what would come our way. Courage to persevere. Courage to uh, run a race to completion. We thank you for this, Father. We consecrate ourselves to you today, Lord God. As the song was written so many years ago, I pledge my heaven, my head to heaven for the gospel. I pledge my home to heaven for the gospel. And we thank you, Lord God. You know how to keep us when our eyes are steadfast on you. We thank you for this today in Jesus' name. Can you agree and say amen? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.